Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome, everyone, to today's Kentucky Derby prep show. Mike and Gino coming at you. We're going to be talking a lot of horse racing, and and this is a fantastic time of year for sports. I'm actually not in Los Angeles, as I typically would be. I'm in Northern California here for one of my clients, Ben Sorensen's Pro Day at Sac State. How'd that go, Mike? How'd it go? It actually went pretty well. It went pretty well. You know, what they did is there's a stud out of Humboldt this year. He's probably going to be a mid-round draft pick. And what Sacramento decided to do was make it easy for the scouts who have had a long, yeah, I mean, look, they've had a long journey, right? From all the all-star games, you know, senior bowl, et cetera, in January on through the combine on through the pro days all over the country. And so what they decided to do was have UC Davis, Sac State and Humboldt piggyback off of one each other and have one big pro day. It was held at UC Davis and my client, Ben Sorensen weighed in at two, uh, 240, six foot four. He ran pretty well, uh, whether it be bench, three cone, L drill, et cetera. He was probably within range of all the top combine guys. So I was real proud of him. A lot of teams came up to me afterwards and said that they were uh, very, very intrigued by him. You know, it really depends on if it's a 4-3 or 3-4 team. He could be utilized in a ver- variety of ways. So I'm excited and optimistic. We'll have to bring him on one of these days to, uh, you know, get his thoughts leading up to the draft. And isn't it crazy? I wanted to talk about how great of a time of the year it is in sports. In my opinion, the two months between from March to May um, is the best from Agreed. the best. But you're in, in football. There's no football going on. But what's great is we started the show talking about the NFL. And that just shows you what a beast the NFL has become. Because think about this, Mike. We just had March Madness, NCAA basketball, not only for the men, but the women's tournament was excellent this year. A couple buzzer beaters in the final four. The big UConn team goes down. We got the NBA and the NHL playoffs starting within a week or so. The Masters is this week for golf. Um, the Tiger Mania. Tiger Mania. We had opening day last week for the MLB season, so we're a week in. And, you know, wrestling fans, Ronda Rousey's going to be uh, at WrestleMania this weekend, and that's the biggest event of the year for the wrestling fans. So within a week, we had the final four games, the MLB opening day, the Masters, the San Anita Derby, the Bluegrass, the Wood Memorial. We had the Florida Derby last week and WrestleMania. There's a lot going on. And what's nice is we're going we're gonna to take care of really all of it for you. Last week, we did the MLB season preview. We talked with Jerry Harrison Jr. and we talked with Eno Saris. So we've got a Dodger preview and then NL West preview. And then with Eno, we talked about the rest of the league. Today, we're going to focus in on horse racing with the Derby preps with three awesome guests. We, you know, we covered NCAA tournament. If you want to go back in the uh, archives, you can hear Caleb and Dan and Monique give some of their analysis and some of their thoughts, and you can see how they kind of finished up. We had our pools and our group challenge uh, brackets, and then um, Kentucky Derby preps will just continue on each week. You know, next week we'll probably have a, a segment where we preview the Arkansas Derby and we kind of recap what happened this week. And then, you know, as the weeks get closer, we're only going to be about a month away from the Derby. So we'll probably have one or two really big shows, I think, where we have a guest or two on and we really dive into the, the field of 20 once we know it's set. 
But Mike, it is sports overload, and I could not be happier. This is the kind of time I love when there's just so much going on. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. I would like to talk a little bit of baseball before we bring our first guest on. But real quickly, give us a recap on how the show's contest went with respect to the uh, March Madness polls. Okay, so uh, in the tournament challenge, the second chance tournament challenge, because we created a second one, Travel Ken gets the win. So Travel Ken, T-R-A-V-E-L-K-E-N-1. You are the winner. Congratulations in that tournament. So you get a $100 Amazon gift card and you get to host a segment on our show about anything. So we're going to send out a tweet after the, we get off the air and uh, we're going to get in contact with you. So we'll Good know work, how, Ken. Uh, great job, Ken. So we'll know how to get you your prize and we'll know how to, uh, to talk to you about hosting the segment. And then with the Mike Abadier Show group, honestly got to give it up. Beth F., she gets the job done. She picked the mostly chalk bracket. She wins with 139 points. But, you know, we give him a lot of crap. But Dave Ice Cold Exacta, he, he did really well. He finished second. And uh, and Bill finishes third with the My Primo bracket. Uh, Marcus Getkin finished fourth. And then Ray Mueller round out the top five. So we have prizes for the top three. And Beth F., congratulations. You're going to be hosting a segment on our show whenever you want. So we'll send that out on uh social media and we'll get in touch with the winners great great job guys this was a difficult year and uh you and i i can just say we were not good mike uh some of the teams that we really really liked going far struggled we had a a little run with loyola to at least get a couple games deep a team that you and i both liked but other than that this is a year that we're going to be very happy to forget and move on and then just Bring in Craig in a minute and talk horse racing. No, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna refer back to you know my second place finish in the NFL contest. I'm there not even go. gonna talk about the March Madness because that like was an absolute exist. disaster. I love that there's a female representation with the winner. Good job, Beth. I also want to give props to my cousin Walid. He's the only one of either pool who had the exact finals matchup. He had Michigan and Villanova, the hero in Michigan, all the way to the top, and that cost him. If he had Michigan. He would have swept the finals, would have won this whole thing on both teams. If he had Villanova, yeah. Yeah, you he know, had Villanova. But he right took there. Michigan, and, and I can't blame him. Once you ride them that long, it's. You got to uh, go with them. Yeah, you got to go, go with them. Makes a lot of sense. Now, uh, we, we only have a. I don't want to keep Craig waiting too long. So, really quickly, want to mention that there's some breaking news. Kyrie Irving is out for the rest of the regular season and the playoffs. Celtics are absolutely done. Stick a, stick a nail in them. Also, want to mention. Fantastic start for Shohei Atani, especially after there were a lot of naysayers from a poor spring training performance. I love seeing it. I'm super excited about this. I want to see him hit 320 bombs and be a 15-game winner. I'd love yeah. to see that. But let me ask you, Gino, are you disappointed? in the? Fr- Obviously, you're disappointed, but what do you think of the first week of the Dodgers so far? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where um, I don't mind Otani hitting 300 either as long as it's not this week when I'm playing against him in fantasy where he's obviously <laughs> just crushing me, thanks. Yeah. Uh, but it's disappointing. But you know what? It's funny. I, I expected a slow start to the year. It seems like just all the bounces they were getting last year are going the opposite way. I think it's a little bit of a World Series hangover. To be honest, they lost two games by one run, and then they lost another game when they were up 6-3 in the ninth. So they should very easily have three more wins. It's not like they're getting killed in games. Their pitching's actually been very, very good, too. So I'm not worried. I think it's going to be a, a couple weeks where it's a little bit of a lull, kind of a hangover. you got to get over that, and you got to move on and get and just kind of focus in on this season. But if, if we're talking NBA, I know this man would love to talk some NBA with us because he is an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. They are holding on 
They're holding on right now, Mike. They're only a half game uh, above the eight seed. They're in the six seed, but there is so much um, in the Western Conference from four to eight. So much parity. Actually, from four to ten, there's only three games separating the fourth seed through the tenth seed. Craig, before we jump into the Santa Anita Derby, what are what are your thoughts on the uh, the OK City Thunder from a fan over there? What's the feeling like? Uh, it's a lot of apprehension around here, really. Yeah, I think most of us realize that uh, Presti kind of he gambled and, and he lost. It just didn't work. Uh, Melo hasn't been good. Paul George has been awful since the All Star break, to, to put it nicely. Uh, I, you know, I'll always be out there supporting Russ. I think he's great. I love how hard he plays. Uh, gives everything he has, but but I think most of us are, are pretty much resigned to the fact that even if the team makes it, we're going out in the first round. We're talking here with Craig Milikowski from Timeform U.S. Very lucky to have Craig on. He does the figures for Timeform U.S. And, Craig, this is a great time right now. Um, we had uh, the Florida Derby last week. We'll have the Arkansas Derby next week. But this week we have three big prep races. And you're going to get a lot of movement on that Derby points list this week between the Santa Anita Derby, the Bluegrass, and the Wood Memorial. We're lucky we're going to have three handicappers, one of them taking care of each one of those races. And for you, you've got the Santa Anita Derby, which um, the news we found out this week was that we're not going to get that rematch between Bolt Yoro and McKenzie. But but I don't think anybody else in the world besides Bob Baffert could have quite uh, the bench where uh, you have no McKenzie in the Santa Anita Derby. And it looks like Baffert might actually have even uh, even a better home run hitter in Justify jumping up off the bench. So go ahead and take it away. Uh, with the Santa Anita Derby, kind of give us your overview on the race and, and where do you kind of lean? What's, what do you see as the narrative in this race? Sure. Uh, well, first off, I got to admit I was a little disappointed, uh, obviously, that McKenzie's hurt, but, but for a more selfish reason that justifies no longer going to Arkansas because I'm actually going to make that trip next week and was looking forward to seeing him. But, uh, you know, I, I love California racing, which kind of odd for a guy that grew up in the East, but I've always been fascinated by the speed out there. So I, it's good to see him there because, I mean, you know, if he didn't go in the San Anita Derby, I think the race will basically be a walkover. I, I don't think we get much from a betting perspective in this race. I mean, I'd be shocked if one of the top two choices didn't win in both Doro or, uh, or Justify. I, I think that there's nobody else. So we even got a couple maidens in the race. <laughs> when I was looking over it yesterday, I saw Orbit Rain. And I couldn't help but wonder if Mick Ruiz was thinking he had to enter the horse just to get the race to go or something. I mean, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. But, um, you know, so, yeah, basically I think it's a two-horse race. Uh, you know, if you're looking to hit a try or something, I'm definitely against and still regard. I don't don't think he's going the right way, kind of an odd spot for him to show up in. And so maybe you could find something in the tries. But, you know, I'm really excited to see Justify as a speed figure guy. I mean, he's just been off the charts in his first two races. Uh, for me, he broke his maiden with a 130, which is just as big as I can remember since I think Beholder did the same thing as a two-year-old when she was uh, sprinting. And that was her second start, not her first. Uh, just ran away from him. And then, you know, believe it or not, even though he, he only ran a, a lower 123, which, which puts him right with the fastest horses all year, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was more impressive to my eye because he broke broke a bit slowly, sat off the pace, which was a quick pace, and he just kind of went by those horses like they were standing still. I, I know they weren't great competition, but at that point in the race, they were still moving. They all kind of fell apart pretty late, but, you know, based on the pace figures I, I make, he, he was rolling when he went by those horses. He did it wide, and he did it easily. 
So, you know, I think the freak status some people are putting on him is probably justified. Uh, not, not to be too punny, that kind of Greg, let me, let me add. Yeah, oh, go ahead, please. I was going to say, and then you have both Dioro, who was kind of the same way as a two-year-old. I mean, he popped uh, his third race out. He won the front-runner stakes heading into the Breeders' Cup. He popped a huge speed figure, uh, a 124 for me, which I'm sure people remember he ran faster than uh, older Phillies did. I, I want to say it was Paradise Woods who won that day. Uh, he was right there with um, the Colt Mubtahij, I think, also won on that card. Uh, so, yeah, he, he was, you know, looking like a freak. Then he had the tough trip in Del, at Del Mar in the Breeders' Cup, uh, struggled a bit uh, that day, and then came back and, and kind of looked like his old self in the San Felipe. He couldn't quite get by McKenzie, but the steward said that was McKenzie's fault and put him up. But, you know, first race off the layoff, as a, a guy looking to how he's going to do in the Derby, that part really didn't matter. I'm sure it mattered to betters that day, but, but not so much for, uh, you know, where he's heading. And, he looked like his old self. He's been training well. So, you know, I just don't see anything but those two. And if I have to pick one, I'm going to go with Justify. He just looks like a freak to me. You know, I was I was going to ask you, Craig, whether or not you were high on instilled regard prior to his race at the fairgrounds. Uh, you know, he, he looked okay. I liked him his first time when he ran into the comp. And, and you know, he, ran, he won. He won pretty easy getting a wide trip. But he didn't run particularly fast that day, you know, so I kind of, you know, made a mental little bit of an excuse given the wide trip and that he won so easy. But then when he came back into Risen Star, I just, I wasn't a fan. He didn't look particularly good to me. Uh, The pace was a bit slow, but he was right there. He was within a length and basically got run away from in the stretch by Bravazo and Snapper Sinclair, uh, two horses that, you know, they're decent enough horses, but I don't think they're any threat going forward in grade one races you know, Derby or anywhere on the Triple Crown Trail. So, you know, I have a lot of respect for Jerry Hollendorfer, and it wouldn't shock me if the horse rebounded and ran well, but he's a horse that if you're looking for any kind of value in here, which is tough to find with the top two, uh, he's a horse I'm going to toss and maybe try to get some other horses like maybe Pepe Tono in third. I don't know what, you know, what kind of value we can get there, but that, that's the only value angle I can come up with. Yeah, because the reason I was asking that question is because I really liked uh, what I saw from him in Southern California, and I, I kind of questioned the decision to go to uh, New Orleans, you know, to uh, race at fairgrounds in those races, maybe because uh, he Hollendorfer thought it was an easier spot. But I think we may see a bounce-back performance, uh, but I don't know if it's going to be good enough to take down the two biggies. The other question I was going to ask you is, it's more of a comment, should be interesting that uh, Justify and Audible, who uh, looked lights out at Gulfstream, in the Florida Derby are both uh, part owned at least by the uh, China Horse Club. So that could be interesting to see if uh, they end up having two in the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, those guys have kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, you know, I hadn't yeah. heard of them uh, a year ago. And all of a sudden, they're, they're obviously making the silks. Picks with the, horses the silks issue. That was where they became uh, became big. Everybody heard about the silks and what happened, right? Didn't they have the wrong silks the one time? And then they, uh, right, right. they kind of... Yeah, then they, they became kind of big. W- one more question about this race, and then we'll kind of maybe get an opinion on you uh, and, and, and something else in Santa Anita. What do you think the, the pace is going to be like early? Because Justify, as you mentioned, he he looked, when he won his debut, he kind of looked like Dortmund, and you, you said it right. He was just kind of playing with him, really, in both races. He just, uh, in his debut, he kind of broke right with him, and he, 
He didn't need the lead or get sent to the lead. He was just that good. And he ended up being right on the lead. Um, and, and now I'm, with instilled regard getting the rail draw, Bolt's not really a need-the-lead type. Do you think maybe they get aggressive, Rosario, and try to just send instilled regard, get him in front? I'm kind of curious to how you have this race unfolding early on. Uh, well, our, our pace projector at Time Form US, we kind of try to guess what's going to happen after after the first turn and things shake out. And we have Justify well in front. And that's both, mostly based on how fast he's run. If I had to guess, I, I don't think they necessarily have to have the lead. And I think maybe Core believes he'll gun from the outside. And, mm-hmm. and you know, he may just be seated the lead here where they just give it to him. But I think it'll be one of the two outside horses. I don't really think Bolt Oro wants the lead. I don't think in still regard wants it. I think, you know, the field's not big enough where you have to worry too much about getting trapped on the rail or anything like that. So I think the outside two are going to clear. And it's just kind of up to... Uh, the rider, uh, Mike Smith, I assume, yeah, he's riding Justify. I think it's just kind of up to Mike Smith if he really wants to lead or if he just wants to let the seven go on with it and just kind of sit off of him. If I had to guess, that's what I think he'll do, just sit right off core belief, uh, kind of like he did in his allowance race, just sit a little bit outside and take over whenever he, whenever he pleases, really. Craig, we have about uh, two or three minutes before we get to the break. Um, is there anything else on the Santa Anita card that, uh, that strikes your fancy on Saturday? Uh, not particularly. I, I was a little surprised that the Oaks came up kind of, I say light in it. I think it's a, not a deep field, but I think there's some definite quality in there. I think Midnight Pursue is almost a lock in there, but I am going to try her with some exactas with some long shots underneath and uh, Finesse Beret, I believe it is, a French horse and Exuberance. They're the two I like most. And there's a few horses I like uh, in the bluegrass this week at Keeneland. I'm going to try Kanthaka at 10 to 1 shipping out of Southern California. I think he's getting a much uh, easier field. Uh, there are some questions whether he likes the distance or not, but I actually like how he looked in the stretch last time after uh, he had a, quite a tough break in that race. It didn't get a lot of press, but if you watch the head on, he basically went to his face at the start. So he's one, if he's near his 10 to 1 morning line, I'm going to keep an eye on. I'm going to put you on the spot for a second, Craig. Is that all right? Yeah, anytime. Okay. Did we see this year's Derby winner last weekend, or are we going to see the winner this weekend, or is it none of the above? If I had to, if I was a betting man, I'd say we're going to see it this weekend. Uh, which one it's going to be, uh, I wouldn't want to be, <laughs> wouldn't want to guess. Maybe I'd go with whoever won the San Anita Derby. I kind of lean towards the California Colts, and they've, proven the best here in uh, recent years. Uh, I was impressed by Mendelssohn over in Dubai. I did some unofficial figures for that. He got a 128, which is huge, but I think he was aided by the track, and I think he's still going to have a tough time shipping over here. And, uh, you know, if he wins, great. I think, uh, you know, it wouldn't shock me, but he's not going to be much of a price. Uh, the Arkansas Derby took a hit when Justify didn't go. Uh, it'll be a good race, uh, but, but I think the strength is this weekend. Very good. I think that there's also a possibility that maybe we saw next uh, the next Belmont winner out of Gulfstream in Hofburg. Uh, I was pretty impressed with that um, that performance. I'm not sure what the uh, time form U.S. Uh, figures are going to look like, um, you know, and how things are going to shape up. But I liked how we closed. Um, Audible obviously is going to be getting a lot of the attention money wise in the Derby fields. So I think we're going to be able to find some pretty good value. So. Looking forward to a uh, great Triple Crown season. Craig, yeah, let us I know where. Uh, yeah, he oh, was go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Last week. 
Oh, that was your top choice? Oh, yeah, Huffberg was last week in the Florida Derby. And he ran well. I knew he was going to run better than what he ran in his maiden race from a figure perspective. And he did, just not good enough to beat Audible. But he's definitely a horse with a bright future. Very good. Well, we thank you very much. That's Craig Milkowski from Timeform US. Definitely encourage everybody who's playing these uh, prep races and the entire Triple Crown series to utilize the Timeform US data. You will definitely get some more winners and bang for your buck out of all of these big races. Thank you very much, Craig. Appreciate you coming on with us. And let's talk to you again during the uh, next couple of months here. Okay, sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys, and anytime. Thanks, Craig. Good luck to your thunder. Yeah, there you go. Craig Lokowski at Timeform US on Twitter at Timeform US Figs. You can follow on Twitter. Always great insight. Um, You know, on a day like on a day like tomorrow, um, Saturday, he's a great follow because he'll be watching all the races and kind of live tweeting after things happen. And then he'll go back and he'll do his figures. So Craig's a really, really good follow if you're out there and you're uh, playing the races. So glad to have him on. And now next up uh, in just a few minutes, we'll have on Emily. Yeah, let's take our uh, very first commercial break and come back and continue the conversation about the Derby preps. So stay with us. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready for the latest sports news, the culture around the game and unique insight? Then you need to make Kareem and the Coach your destination each week. Host Kareem Rush played for the LA Lakers and has the inside track to personas in both professional and college sports. Co-host Eric Newman is a former basketball coach and now a producer and filmmaker. Together they cover sports and entertainment in a fast-paced hour every Friday at 5pm Eastern Time and 2pm Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Big thanks to Craig Milkowski there from Timeform US. Uh, you're going to want to go back and listen to his analysis of the San Anita Derby. Picked his brain a little bit on some of the other big preps uh, around the country, but he gave us the focus really on Justify and Bolt Yoro there in the San Anita Derby. Up next, we have our second guest, Emily Gullickson from Optics EQ. Emily is an excellent handicapper, and this weekend she's going to be focusing in on Keeneland for us. She'll be doing some 
Keeneland work overall. And the bluegrass is, I think, the most fun of the, the three preps. From a handicapping standpoint, it was my, I had the most fun handicapping this race, Emily. Didn't it just seem like this one, it felt like there were, um, I think, the most directions you could go when you're comparing it with the Wood and the San Anita Derby? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think this is a, a really good betting race. There's um, there's a lot of ways to go. And, you know, if you have an opinion, um, you know, and it's kind of even even good magic. If you like good magic, he's probably going to be, uh, you know, somewhat of a fair price. And, yeah, there's a lot of ways to go in here. It's a really fun betting race. Now, the points are the key for, for this weekend because we're going to have a lot of horses running that need points to get in. Um, and when you look at a race like this in particular – there are going to be a lot of horses that are going to be begging for um, a second or a third place finish to try to get some of those points. So let's just kind of start with it. Take it away. Kind of what's how do you see the narrative of this race? Like, where did you start? Um, the ball is in your court. Yeah, I mean, my, my approach pretty much stays the same. You know, I always want to kind of start with with who the favorite is and, and sort of work work out from that. You know, you need to know if you have a good favorite or a bad favorite that, that just kind of like sets the tone for the race. So um, the favorite being good magic. I think, I think that he is legit. Um, you know, he's classy enough. I think his last race, um, well, I think people are a little bit disappointed with him as the favorite. Um, wasn't really that terrible of a race considering the layoff, considering the way the track was playing. And, um, you know, there's just a little bit more upside out of that, you know, not necessarily a horse. You just get super excited to bet, but, he, he's he's logical, you know. It's hard to, to like take a, a hard stand against him. Um, so, kind of based on that, you know, the fact that I think he's legit, but not crazy about the price. You know, started looking at some of the other horses um, going through the field, and um, I actually am am kind of into a horse that I have a, a, a strong opinion. That I feel like is a good bet in here in Marconi. Um, was kind of surprised to see him show up here. I thought maybe he'd stay or go back to New York rather. Um, but yeah, I just think this race kind of sets up for him. Um, there's some horses that want to be fourthly placed. I think he's going to get kind of the right trip. Um, and he's coming to the race the right way, just sort of an ever improving type. And the extra ground is just going to fit this horse. So he's kind of my key in there. And, um, 15 to one in the morning line, if it sticks, I mean, that's just kind of a, a no brainer win bet. Um, other than that, you know, I just sort of looked at, um, some of the other horses that I thought would be maybe sort of second, third choice and, and assess them on, you know, their ability. Um, one of those horses that I don't know what price is going to be, maybe, um, you know, the morning line's 10 to one on Kanthaka. You guys can correct me if Half. I just said that wrong. Oh, no, I think that's right. It? Can't can't Yeah, you're right. Um, okay, all right, I, I think very good. Yeah, like um, I think that you one. know he's a horse that's gonna go ahead. Yeah, like six to one, maybe half of the price. The morning line. Yeah, that's that's what I think. I mean, you know, he's been facing facing those good horses out in California, and um, I just think he's been really flattered as far as race shapes. You know, he's had really fast paces to run at, and and closing ground, and not that that's you know necessarily a bad thing, but it does it does flatter a horse when they get that type of setup. Um, you know, and same thing, like, like free drop Billy is not another horse that, you know, you have a whole lot of knocks on, but he just doesn't like excite me. You know, he's sort of like the, um, I have like the same impression about, uh, instilled regard in the Santa Anita Derby where he just kind of does, you know, he runs his race and it's not overly, it's not overly flashy. It just kind of, um, you know, it's, it's good. 
not not an exciting type. Um, Flame away, I think, is a little bit vulnerable. Um, well, I liked him at Tampa. He had a little bit of a setup as far as the way the track was playing, a little bit of flow last time, and just from uh, race shape and his post position could be just uh, sort of working against him in this spot. Um, kind of another one in there that I, I you know, it's, it's when you pick a horse at a big price and then they win for you and then you kind of dislike them the next time out. So that's sort of the story with Quip that sticks to one. Um, I thought he just fit really well at Tampa and the Tampa Bay Derby, just sort of the way the race shaped out. And he had um, some numbers going back and thought he was like a, a really live long shot in that spot. And in this spot, he's got to really move forward. I mean, his numbers are just on the, the low end. Uh, we give it optics, like a figure range to win the race. You know, he's on the lower end, so he's got to improve off that Tampa race where, you know, he had a really nice trip. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of keying around um, Marconi. And um, kind of going, uh, some of the other ones I used, uh, Zing Zang. I think that that horse has a little bit more upside being a deep closer. You know, you always, that's a little bit problematic, but um, I'm going to throw him in the mix. His morning line's way too, way too big. Um, sporting Chance. I've been kind of watching this horse at, at Oakland, um, just sort of watching him off the layoff. And he's, he's got a lot of try to him. And um, I'm, you know, I could. I, this horse is definitely going to be on my tickets from a spread perspective. Um, using him for sure, and um, his mischief as well. I'm not super crazy about the added ground, but um, you know, it's really hard. I think this horse is better than those double-digit beats. I mean, he's been against the flow. He's kind of had some traffic and not that great a ride. So, uh, big morning line on that horse, which I don't expect to stick either, but he'll still be a good price. Yeah, what's great about this race compared to what we just talked with Craig about the Santa Anita Derby is you legitimately mentioned, and even even the horses that you, you didn't know your numbers and your figures don't have that high in this race, they're horses that still are, are you know, not complete dismisses. And that, that's what's great is that this is a really, really fun race. Uh, every horse you mentioned is is semi-live, you know, Zing Zang, Sporting Chance, Kenthaka, even Quip, who had a good race last time, maybe doesn't fit as well here. I like Marconi quite a bit. That's the half-brother to Mucho Macho Man. Also, a tidbit. I love to give these tidbits, and since I'm Italian, that was the Italian physicist who won the Nobel Prize for Physics back in 1909. I'm sure Emily knew that one and was going to give us that little tidbit uh, because that has so much to do with the horse race anyways. Nonetheless, great, great race. We have seven graded stakes winners, three grade one winners. It's the grade two bluegrass where horses are looking for points. So for you, it's going to be kind of built around Marconi. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he's, he's a win bet. And again, sort of, um, you know, spread a little bit and playing, playing exotics, but, but using less of four and five, Kanthaka and Quip, um, and, um, and Flame Away. I mean, I'm leaving good magic in and then trying to use, uh, the one Zing Zang, Sporting Chance, um, Tis Mischief, the nine. Um, I mean, because it's a betting standpoint, you know, you kind of just have to go through scenarios, probably have to leave the 10 in um, for those underneath spots. And, and I'm going to even throw in the 14 as kind of a, another one that could, that could run underneath, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be anchored around uh, Marconi for sure. So Emily, I want, I want to play a little game with you. If, if we could, I want you to help okay. me please nail down an exacta and a trifecta based on my scribbles and my notes. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to throw out thoughts and ideas and then see which ones you agree most with, which ones you disagree with. 
until we've kind of settled in on a uh, exacta trifecta play. So I'm of the mindset that when it comes to these rapidly improving three-year-olds, sometimes you kind of have to step back from the racing form and from the past performances and take a look at some of the connections. So that's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to get your help with this. So throwing them out there. Doug O'Neill has got some recent success in this race. Dale Roman's sneaky, especially with the underneath runners. Dwayne Lucas always surprises. Hollendorfer, he's kind of due, especially in the Derby. Asmussen is just super, super hot. His barn has just been on fire. Chad Brown, bet against on dirt with favorites. Ryan Moore and Pletcher, interesting combo. And the China Horse Club shows up again with Quip. Those are my notes. From that, give me a good trifecta. Okay, so you have me completely out of my element. (laughs) I'm so focused. I'm so focused on the horses as individuals that sometimes, like, at this point, I'm, like, not even... Who's the trainer of that horse? Yeah. 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 No, I'm the same way. I'm I'm a video... Video you chart the worst person. Well, you, I'll yeah, tell you what, your, your method is... I was just going to say, your method is more proven. What's that? I was just going to say, your method is much more proven. You know, but the thing is, no, I've just seen so much improvement that sometimes it's you so can't different. really take... And with optics, that's what we do. We focus so much on the horse, you know, than being like, okay, here's the connection, here's the pedigree. It's like, you know, is this horse fast enough? Is this horse classy enough? Is this horse going right, to get the right trip? And is this horse in the right form? And, and, and that's sort of how I approach the horse race, that if I start kind of playing, like, with these what-ifs and, like, what's Ryan Moore doing here? I mean, Ryan Moore's not the best in the world. Like, he's, if he's on a horse, like, I'm, I'm full confidence. You know, so those, those types of things where you overthink it, we're getting away from the fact of, of who this horse is and can they win the race. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I, that's why I kind of liked when you started off with Marconi because of the connections that kind of piqued my interest a little bit. See, when I stick to, you know, just last week's form, I always miss the boat on who's got so much upside for the following week. You know what I mean? So I've kind of maybe uh, maybe I put a little bit too much stock in some of the human connections. But, hey, you're the one with the, the proven track record here. So I'm going to ride what you said all the way to the bank. I'm going to listen to this two or three times, write, write everything down, and, uh, and well, then yeah, hopefully I mean, send funny, a Gino a text Mike, that, that, that I've hit it, you know? Well, what's funny is if you were, you know, just using your connections and then from what we heard from Emily before, she liked Marconi. Uh, you mentioned Kinthaka, and that was a horse that she's going to have underneath. Sporting Chance no, is no, a no, good... No, that's a is, horse I'm not going to have underneath. Kinthaka is not going to be underneath. Okay, so Marconi, uh, Sporting Chance is a horse who, on the spread tickets, and is a good underneath horse because he's got some speed and he'll be in the mix early on. Um, free Draw Billy and Tis Mischief, kind of two. Tis Mischief was another one. So from your connections, Mike, we can kind of combine and you see the, the way that you handicap the race, the way that Emily handicaps the race, and you can definitely have a middle point in there. Yeah, absolutely. And that leads me to asking you, where uh, where do you stand then? You've, you've kind of heard my thoughts and Emily's thoughts. Where does Gino land? Yeah, I, I actually like uh, Marco. I actually have Marconi on top, which is funny. I, I think that he's just one of those big kind of late developing horses. And if he, I would not be surprised to see him run like a really good second or third here and then be a horse that's like a Belmont horse or a horse that towards the second half of the year is going to end up being maybe one of the better three-year-olds. I think he has a lot of upside. I think he's still a little goofy, and when you watch his races, he's kind of his own worst enemy, kind of slow into stride. But then once he gets going, he 
he he's a he's a freight train and he's kind of tough to stop and i think he will get the setup in here so i'm i'm in agreement with emily i think even if we can get around like 10 to 1 or so on marconi 8 10 to 1 i i still think that's fair so that that's that's so you think he's gonna gobble up some money huh well, yeah, I think with Pletcher and I think with Moore, you're always going to take a little bit of money. I think this is going to be a really spread out race. I think you're going to see a lot of five, six horses between five and 10, 12 to one in here. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, so, so let's Emily, get some thoughts on the rest of the card. Yeah, we have, well, we only have about two or three minutes left. Um, let's, uh, what are your, do you want to talk the other preps real quick, Emily, the other two big preps? Yeah, I mean, Santa Anita, we can go through really quick. I mean, I think it's, I, Craig said it's a two-horse race. To me, it's a one-horse race. I think Justified just rolls on the front end. Um, Bolt Oro, I, I think he's a good horse, but last race was, was pretty hard, um, both you know from a, a racing standpoint and a little bit physical. So um, that gives me reservation. I think it just kind of sets up for, um, for Justified out on the front end. I don't think anybody can run with him early, so his race to lose. Um, and then as far as the Wood Memorial goes, um, I'm a little soft on Entice, who's a favorite in there. I just haven't really seen a big progression as far as um, speed figures and and just him as an individual. So I'm a little bit soft on that horse. And then the rest of the field um, is kind of the same. And so um, I, I'm taking a shot with King Zachary in here. I know he's a maiden breaker, but we actually have that speed figure as a as a 99, which is the highest in the field. And you go to his race two back. I mean, that horse ran such an awesome race in third. Brutal trip. Trouble and was probably oh, wow. best, you know. Um, and so he's just a horse that's just improving. And like I said, everybody else is, is kind of the same. Um, you know, I mean, one, um, I'm, I'm a little bit soft on two in here, but like one, two, um, eight and nine. I mean, there's just not a whole lot of separation on them. So, you know, at 20 to 1 with a horse that I think is going to get a perfect trip and has the, you know, the highest optics figure last time out, it's kind of just a, a no-brainer play for me um, with him. Yeah, he, he looked like a pro, too. That's what I love. He went from having a ton of trouble in the uh, the February race at Gulfstream Park from the rail. And when I say trouble, when you go, go back and watch that race, that's about as much trouble as you'll see a horse have. And then he came back on again, which was incredible. And then he showed a different dimension when you stretch him out a little. He sits perfect. And I love how he just kind of sat nicely in between horses. There were some things going on around him, but he didn't move. He just sat, sat when they asked him to go, moves to the lead. Easy, big win. I'm with you on that one, Emily, too. I think King Zachary is a must use in all your exotics there at Aqueduct. So unfortunately, Emily, you've got the uh, the weight of the world on your shoulders with me, with you on uh, Marconi <laughs> well, and King Zachary. At least at the Zachary. end of the weekend, you won't have to text me asking if I had a good weekend or not. So yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, that's, a that's true. I'll, I'll know. We'll either both have a great one or we'll both be scratching our head and uh, retracing our steps, seeing where we went wrong. Emily, yeah. awesome. Thank you so, so much. We always appreciate sure, you on me, here with me, us. One more thing. I know you guys, please, I know you guys have please to go. Please do. But, um, no, if, go if ahead. Anybody, I'm going to... I'm going to write up um, a kind of a horse play horse of the um, of the bluegrass stakes. So that'll be on opticdq.com, totally free. Um, you just have to register on the website, but there's no charge for that. And then um, I'll be doing full card selections um, available on Brisnet as well. Um, I think you have to pay for that, but there'll be tons of free content on um, on opticdq. And you always have the though I've been noticing you've been doing a lot of the free like one race of the week or a race of the day with where with on optics where if you just register you can get those for free. So you're giving a lot of free content out there right now. 
Yeah, yeah, we'd love we'd love to just do kind of like picks and stuff for free. So we're you know we're trying to figure out how how to work that in. But yeah, there's always tons of free content on there and um, you know open to to questions and stuff as well uh, regarding optics. Okay, one question, Emily, because we talked to you mm-hmm. so much about horse racing, and I don't even know when you're not doing when you're taking your five minute break or when you're not watching one of the million replays. What are you doing? What other kind of stuff are you into? <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh, a lot of different stuff. Um, music. Um, I still like to work out. Um, I just moved. So basically the last, you know, the last 30 days have been moving. So that's kind of all, all I've been focusing on. But yeah, I like to stay active in the community and um, yeah. Awesome. Emily, and she's a former roller girl. You can find that right on uh, right on Twitter, at Emily Optics <laughs> EQ. Emily, thank you so much. Great job, like always. Let's get a couple of these bombs home this weekend. Let's get uh, the King Zachariah, and we'll get uh, Marconi home, and we'll be having some fun. And that would mean okay, I hit some exactas. Yeah, thank you, Emily. You know, I was going to tell you, by the way, you know, one of the fe- some of the feedback I get about the show is that what they like is that it's raw, honest, live, and unscripted. So the dialogue that we had is exactly what people <laughs> love hearing. You know what I mean? So yeah. that was really good stuff there. I apologize for putting you a little bit on the spot. But you know what? Your analysis was so good. And uh, ultimately, like Gina was saying, we're kind of sort of landing on the try that I'm kind of looking for between uh, some of my angles and what you said. So hopefully there will be some winners for the listeners out there. Hopefully all three of us will do well this weekend. We thank you once again, and let's have you back for some of the big races coming up uh, over the next couple of months. That'd be awesome. Totally available to do it. Outstanding. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Emily. On Twitter at Emily Optics EQ. You can go to optixeq.com for all of the information there. They do a great job. And as she said, like the, the site that she works for, um, they, they kind of handicap the race is similar to how I do. I look at it a lot in the horse. I'm looking a lot at individual horse, their trip, um, their, their charts, that I see something in the race that maybe isn't in the running lines, things like that. So uh, actually, as you see today, a lot of the times – um, I'll notice that optics and I will land on similar horses or kind of be looking at value horses that we think are going to run better kind of based on some of their previous trips. So I uh, always love getting Emily's opinion on the races. So far, we've been very lucky to have Craig and Emily. And so now we have one more guest to join us in a minute. But I think, Mike, it's probably a good time for us to take a quick break. Yep, we're then- up against it. We're a little bit late, actually. So let's take a break. Stay with us, everyone. And we will be back with Oorah. Oorah. TVG. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We're talking big game adventures this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. While most seasons are still months away, that doesn't mean we can't start preparing for our fall pursuits right now. Joining us is Jenna Waller, host of Skullbound TV, Derek Ratliff, president and founder of Horizon Firearms, plus Tom and Nick of Become One. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports. 
but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Two down, one to go. Talking about the big Kentucky Derby prep races this weekend. We hit on the Santa Anita Derby with Craig Milkowski. We hit on the Bluegrass at Keeneland with Emily Gullickson. And next up, last but certainly not least, a good friend of mine, a colleague, a gentleman who is an excellent person, but an even better handicapper. You know him as the Sarge. Oorah! Nick Hines joins us to talk a little Wood Memorial. Sarge, how you doing today? Good morning, Sarge. Good day, sir. Awesome. I, uh, I don't know. You know. I think I would prefer that to be flip-flopped. I would be, like to be a good <laughs> handicapper and a much better person. <laughs> I was thinking good. the same. There we go. There we go. Uh, Sarge, it's a, it's a fun time in sports right now. We were mentioning at the beginning of the uh, at the show, we got March Madness. We got the Masters this week. It's WrestleMania week. We got baseball just kicked off. But NBA and NHL playoffs, they're going to be coming up in just a week. And then we got all these derby preps. This is just a great, great time of the year. We have three of them on Saturday. And uh, the one we're going to talk with you a little bit about right now is uh, over at Aqueduct, the Wood Memorial. And honestly... You know, you look at this race, the only horse of this field that's going to be in the Derby starting gate that we know for sure, barring any injury, is enticed. The rest of this group, they're trying to make a name for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, I, I was taken by the fact that they've uh, dispatched uh, enticed at 6-5 to five in the morning line. You know, I, I think that of, of all the favorites that you'll see in stakes races this weekend, not to mention the uh, the Derby preps, I think he is the worst six to five favorite that you'll ever uh, stare down the barrel of. I, I mean, I was impressed with his uh, win in, in Gotham, uh, you know, but when you put it into context, as far as who was second in the race, uh, who's running against him again, an old time revival was 35 to one coming off of a, uh, you can call it a restricted uh, stakes defeat at uh, Laurel. In uh, the fact that he's only six to one, I think this is a very, very good betting race. And, uh, you know, from a horizontal standpoint, when you look at the pick fours, pick five, pick sixes, you know, this is a race that I, that I think could be a dogleg for many that, that are using their, their wise uh, handicapping uh, cap in a sense that enticed. I think enticed is going to get beat. And then I'll tell you why. Uh, it's, it's threefold. Uh, first and foremost, I don't think he's a mile and an eighth horse. Secondly, when you look at his, his work tap, He's had two maintenance half-mile drills uh, since the Gotham win, which tells me that Kieran McLaughlin has backed off. Thirdly, the competition that he had behind him uh, is marginal, added the fact that I, I know that in their minds, with the Godolphin Blues coming off of a tremendous uh, Dubai uh, Saturday, 
they don't feel in their heart of hearts that they have to win this race. It's just not that the Wood Memorial is a great one anymore. It's a grade two. They're already locked into the Derby. So where's the pressure? It's a great point. No, and that's, I think, one one thing you have to handicap when you're looking at these races, you know, in all three of them. Who needs the points? Who's a horse that needs to get in? Who's a horse that is going to be exerted to finish that maybe second or third, whereas other horses like Enticed are are not? And I'm with you, Sarge. I think I it's funny, in all honesty, I have Enticed in a fantasy league I'm playing in. I root for him to pick up points and stuff. I just I don't think he needs to win this race. I could see uh like a non-threatening runner-up, second or third place finish from, from him in here, picking up some pieces late. So we're against Enticed. Let's talk about some of the horses that we do think uh, have an opportunity or who are some of the plays in this race. Well, you know, I find this field one of the more intriguing fields of all the derby preps because some of the names you see in there, uh, it almost kind of gives you the impression that it's, it's fish out of water. First and foremost, Baffert with Restoring Hope. I mean, their, their plan was to go to Sunland Park. And that didn't that didn't work out. He was not able to get in the race. Uh, you know, Baffert won this race back in 2006 with Bob and John. Other than that, you look at this race's history. This is one spot in New York that, that Baffert hasn't really had much success at. But when you look at the pedigree, the, the pedigree suggests that uh, a mile and eight should be no issue. Um, I think visually, his maiden win I thought was. It was pretty relative, although it was a restricted race, meaning that that R in the in the form, basically for horses that were either homebreds or purchased for a hundred thousand or less. So it was kind of a tailor-made race for uh, you know an owner breeder like Gary or Mary West. But all of that being said, the horse is training exceptionally well, and I think the fact that he has California speed going to New York, he is a substantial, I think, candidate as far as going gate to wire. I, I, I don't believe he's going to be 4-1. to one. I think his odds will float. Um, I would have liked to have seen a race in March, but but I don't – it wasn't by design. I mean, obviously they tried to get this horse in multiple times, and he didn't get in. So the, the truth is I think Restoring Hope is an intriguing horse at 4-1 to one, just based on his uh, his speed and his Baffert speed. And I, I think he's a faster horse at old-time revival. If that horse decides to get involved, then – fine, but I think Restoring Hope has a, a tactical edge. So I think he's one of the horses there, although I'm not a huge fan of Baffert, New York. I mean, of all the states uh, that he races in, I, I have to say that's probably one of his weaker spots. Yeah. You know, unless yeah. we're talking Belmont, you know. Sarge, first of all, happy Easter, my friend. He is risen. It seems like most of the likes that I give you on Twitter are uh, are of the uh, same variety, so you know what I mean. And so uh, uh, many blessings to you and your family. Like my that. question, thank you. My question for you is, in the whole scheme of things, I know this is a very good wagering opportunity, like you mentioned, and I agree with you on that. Is this race relevant in the whole scheme of things with respect to the Kentucky Derby and the Triple Crown? I mean, it's relevant for horses trying to get into the Kentucky Derby. As far as any one of these horses winning the Derby, Preakness, or Belmont, I, I would lay... I would lay whatever odds you would be willing to to accept. I mean, the bottom line is, I I think there are some nice horses in here, but I, but I see Ohio Derby, Indiana Derby, uh, in a West Virginia field. Derby, right, right. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't see any. The, the truth is, you know, enticed. I have all the respect for the horse. Um, I just don't think he's quite in the the conversation of a a, a Boltoro, uh, a Justify, an Audible, or. You know, even a Magnum Moon, for that matter. Uh, 
You know, obviously the other point being is you have the Arkansas Derby and Solomini staying there. I still have my doubts about him. And Tice, if he were to step up into this race, let's say he moves forward off of the Gotham. Let's say he wins the Wood by six. Then yeah, he's definitely he's definitely relevant. He definitely belongs in the conversation and uh, a horse that you would include in your exotics in the Kentucky Derby. But I'm not convinced. He's I think he is on paper what he is. Well, and I think I have a little bit of a historical bias in terms of recency. Uh, to me, the, that race just hasn't produced a lot of noise with respect to the Kentucky Derby. And I think that kind of biases my feelings a little bit about the wood. Not recently. I, I mean, yeah, I, I would have to agree with you wholeheartedly. But, you know, I think when you, you kind of put into context the horses that have won over the recent years, names like Irish War Cry, Frosted, uh, you know, even Gemologist, I really feel like, a lot of those horses said distance limitation. And as far as the first Saturday in May, yeah, even Verrazano, you know, he, he had his, he, a lot of those horses off the top of my mind, they, they just were soft. You know, they, they, yeah. they would have a glass jaw, so to speak. And I, I said that about Mohamed when he, when he ran against Nyquist and people looked at me funny. And, but that's my point. Kieran McLaughlin is, 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 he's one of the best horsemen out there. And I have the utmost respect for him. He, he works very hard, he's a likable person, and he takes very good care of his horses, but he doesn't, to me, when a horse gets to a certain point, they get to a certain point. And, and Gino, Mike, you guys obviously watch every sport, but I think March Madness in, in college basketball puts it in perspective. I mean, granted, you have to have the athlete, but at the same time, you have to have the coaching. And I think at this stage of the game, it's the coaching and the training that's going to get them to the next level. So when I talk about enticed, I'm not saying I, I, I don't believe that he has the ability. I don't know if the program is getting the most out of him. You win the Gotham, you train harder. You push to try and get to that first Saturday of May. But those half-mile spins down at the uh, you know, little resort down there in Florida, I mean, to me, that doesn't tell me that they're, they're putting the finishing touches on this horse. So I try and play against those and take advantage of 6-5. to five. But that's not to say that the horse couldn't step up in a wood and win by five or six, which I don't think he will. And even if he were, I would still look back at the field and say, who was in there? So when you talk about the relevancy of this race, I mean, the last time it was real relevant was, what, 2003 with Empire Maker? It's been a long time. Yeah, 15 years. That's, that's right. Yeah, um, We're talking with the Sarge, Nick Hines. We only have about two or three minutes left uh, in the show, and we're over at Aqueduct. Sarge, do you have any opinion? Did you look at the other preps at all? I mean, do you have any opinion on Bolt Oro Justify out here in the San Anita Derby? Well, obviously, it's it's probably the most intriguing matchup uh, with Justify and Bolt Oro. You know, I, I've, I've kind of gone back and forth. You know, I think Justify has got real talent. There's no doubt to that. I mean, is, is he is he LeBron James uh, that's ready for his breakout performance? He could be. The one thing that it, that's a little mystifying to me is when a Justify works with a Opportunity, who's pretty much a drop set closer type, and Opportunity is the rabbit in a in a six yeah. furlong drill. I, that, yeah, that was a little awkward for me to watch. So, bottom line, he's going to get battle tested. Mick Ruiz, as much as he says that. You know, obviously they're pointing to the Derby, even going to the San Felipe. His goal, to me, it sounded almost as if it was more about the Santa Anita Derby than it was the Kentucky Derby. So I know in my heart of hearts that after Saturday, there better be no excuse from either camp. You know, we weren't fully cranked. We weren't ready. Bottom line is the best horse is going to win. For me, the fact that both Orioles battle-tested, if Justify beats him fair and square, 
then then I'm a believer. But until that happens, I like it. Good analysis you, there. Got to ask you one question before we let you go, Sarge. What are you most excited for for this weekend for WrestleMania? Uh, you know, it's it's odd because you would think that you you're kind of in anticipation of, of the big match. You know, I have to say I've been disappointed with Cena. I think he's he's gotten soft where he's tried to come off as, as a bit of a heel, which. Look, I would rather have him slap the gold chains on and the cap sideways and go in there and slap a couple of wraps out and, and make it interesting, at least, than what he's doing right now. So for me, it's all about what the females do. I mean, what's this Ronda Rousey? I'm anticipating to see if she can actually step her game up. But, but I think the female division, I, I think they're, they're more entertaining right now than the men, and the men simply don't have any personality. So what can I, I agree. The bill well, hey, gentlemen, the I'm, getting, I'm getting in my ear. We, we got about 10 seconds to close here, right, so yeah. I don't want to cut anybody off. Thank you, Sarge. Tremendous analysis, as always. We appreciate it when you come on. Gino, let's, uh, let's make some money this weekend. Thank you, for everybody, for tuning in. Hoorah! We will see you guys all next week. Have a great sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a great week.